course, your home for MSG. I'm Nathan, your fortune cookiest host. I'm Andy, your most general so host. General Soast? Yeah, that's the one. General Soast. And I'm Pat, and I'm a Scorpio. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Ladies, you heard me? Yeah, hear I was from? trying to do something. <laughs> Uh, I was doing trying to do something that was roughly linked to China, but not racist. And I think I nailed it more or less. Did you hear that um, Trader Joe's has uh, is starting to change the name of some of their products because they it was like Trader Ming's Lo Mein or whatever, and uh, it turns out that's not that's not great. Cancel culture. <laughs> Well, it is the current year. It's, it's cancel culture. 2020. Still not a thing. Well, um, anyway, we're talking about China today, but we're not doing it before we talk about how our week's been. Hey, guys, how's, how's your week been? Good. Pretty uneventful. My week, personally, has really been kind of highlighted by two things. One is this customer, and... I knew this was going to happen eventually, right? You you have to, because these people buy cars too. But I had a customer who was a total conspiracy Fox News Kool-Aid drinking Trumpster. Watches Fox uh, News. You could have just said she, watches Fox News. So <laughs> Right, could have just said watches Fox News. <laughs> Fox Entertainment. Huh. And I mean, it's fine... Because she didn't show up for her appointment, and I'm not hunting or chasing her down. I would have happily taken her money, because she doesn't deserve to have it. What kind of stuff did she say? It started with her saying something about the uh, the virus being a hoax. And I said, what do you mean it's a hoax? And she said, well, not that it's fake, but just that it's... Being weaponized by the Democrats politically. I was like, uh-huh. uh, right, like, sure. Let me show you this car. So, so I was like, so anyway, the rogue has a. She. <laughs> then she she kind of forced the issue. She's like, you know that that they're trying to turn uh, destroy our country and turn us into China. Uh, the Democrats, they they want to destroy Man, America. it's too bad that didn't come at the end, because that oh, would be cool. a great transition. Only, right? I know. Only Donald Trump cares about America and Americans. Well, I mean, you can't argue with someone when they're speaking so much wisdom. Like, just because you got hit in the face with a truth bomb and you couldn't handle it doesn't mean she wasn't right. Yeah, like, I didn't say... I just didn't say anything. I couldn't figure out how to respond fast enough. She kind of just kept... (laughs) She would always keep going before, like, I was able to form some sort of a transition back to the car she was interested in. So so remember what Obi-Wan says Um, in Return of the Jedi when he's a Force ghost on Dagobah? He says, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. Yeah, you're probably... See, and that's one of those things that, like, people always hate. Like, it's a total bullshit line, right? They totally just cooked that up because they needed... They were 
they realized there was going to be an inconsistency. They missed a ton of inconsistencies, but that was one that they noticed and tried to cut off. <laughs> and right. they did a shit job. And it's okay, because it's Star Wars. And it's hokey. And it's fun. And it's ridiculous. Um, Star like Star Trek is the serious one. Star Wars is not supposed to be serious. Anyway, back to this crazy lady. So... She no, said, kept going on so and on. She, never, she talked so she about protesters. She never showed up to the meeting, and I did not call, although my manager did. Because um, I told him. I was Before she got there, I was like, all right, she's coming in. She's like, say she said these things to me on the phone when I was asking her questions about a car, right? So just I want you to be aware and, like, maybe come bail me out. So... <laughs> And he's like, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> and um, she didn't show up, so we, I was like, I was sitting in his office, like, yeah, you know, should have been here half an hour ago. She's like, he's like, all right, let's call her. And she didn't answer. Mm. And we tried again on Monday. And she didn't answer. So, See? fine. <laughs> I think you might have failed your impartiality test, ah. though. Uh, because like if you were if you were the best salesman, you wouldn't have let a little thing like that bother you. Yes and no. Yes, but not maybe how you mean it. I would I, if I were a more like just savvy salesperson, I would never be at a loss for words. That's what I was concerned about. I was not I, listen. I, I know, I recognize that I'm there to sell a car to her. And that's my, what I want to do. That's all I want to do. But when, but what, the my really only tool would have been, as soon as she starts talking about it, if, if she had shown up, you know, if she had shown up and sat down and she started talking about MAGA shit, the, really my, the only tool at my disposal was going to be to say, ma'am, I got to, I, I'm, I'm not really in, I'm not interested in talking about politics. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm I don't know that person. that's your only oh, no. tool. No, I can tell you. No, I can tell you. That's no, I'm saying like absolutely. that's all I for me. That's 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 the only thing that so I next, would go to. Next time that happens, that. play it stupid. Like, oh, is that so? Okay, ah, oh, that's interesting. You know, the rogue has all wheel drive. What I would say, you know, who loves the rogue, <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. Um. No, I, what I would say is like, wow, you and my uncle really get along or whatever, you know, like get like show her that somebody, you know, like totally agrees with her, but like, let's go ahead and talk about like, so tell me what brings you in today. You know, like you, you go ahead and acknowledge her feelings and then pivot immediately. But that's what what I'm saying is like, yeah, I'm not skilled enough or maybe it's that maybe it's because I so I th- it's probably two parts, right? I wouldn't do that, and for two reasons. One is because I don't have that like that instinct that to do. That's not my reaction. Uh-huh. But then the second part is the reason why that's not my reaction is because I'm a very political person, and and I'm 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 who I am, and I can't let things go. I don't. I can't. I <laughs> like. I, think, I can't keep I myself from correcting your grammar on a Discord chat when it's completely <laughs> irrelevant. Now, I, I also kind of just do that to annoy you, but um, <laughs> well, no, that's so. I can't that's totally fine. But what I 
what I will say is I think you found yourself in the exact wrong profession for your for your personality. Not that it's not a good profession for you right now. I think you need to let people be wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I totally feel that though. That's a that is a difficult position to be in. I, and uh I can I can tell you the best way out of it, and arguably the only way out of it, is a little invention I have come up with called lying. See, I'm not gonna do that. Well then there you go. <laughs> There's I've I've given you the solution. You won't take the, it. I can't I'm not I'm not a liar, I don't lie. I get things wrong occasionally. I know, I do a podcast with you. Like but but I never lie and I don't tolerate other lies and or or lies has a malicious side to it, but just falsehoods. I can't like I I, I have an impulse to correct them and I cannot curb that impulse very well. Um I totally that understand. being said, most of the population does not start talking about Coronavirus hoax. Politics when like it doesn't that doesn't come up. It's not it's not really a thing. At most, right? right? At most, people will say, you know, something about the masks and they'll be like, oh, they're so uncomfortable. I'll be like, Yeah, I know, but at least I get to work this way. Or something like that. (laughs) And and move on. And and that's the end of it. At least it's and so for most of the population, normal people, yeah, it's fine. Absolutely. And so I'm not going to get think, worried or focus on that small segment because if if they're if if she's going to be amiable, she wants the car, we're going to be able to sell her the car and I'm going to be able to keep her focus on that. Um right. If she's more interested in trying to convert me to her cult, then it's not going to go anywhere. But I'm probably okay. going to get fired. Well, <laughs> we have wasted about twice as long as I think we should have talking about a lady who never came in to buy a right. car. Uh, but I do understand your frustration. You and my uncle would get along great. Because I kind of had to confront my tolerance level. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I kind of... Well, no. I would, I would say you almost had to confront your tolerance level. Well, like in if preparation... You I mean, up until half hour that a half hour after she didn't show up, I could rest easy. But up until that point, like that's all I was thinking about. Yeah, no, but I'm sure you're you're gonna have to deal with another oh, yeah. person like that. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of like my sister uh, works in a jewelry store, mm. and they require masks and they provide like hand sanitizer and everything. And she said, like, barely anybody wears their mask when they come in. And you just have to deal with it because you're trying to sell somebody something very expensive and they have a lot of other options to go other places if you don't sort of, like, hold their hand and deal with whatever entitled bullshit that they they feel like they have the right to. Yeah. And that's, like, that's kind of where you're at. Like, because there are other dealerships. There are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you you got to hold people's hands and deal with their crap. If I want their money, I well, do. <laughs> Good. Hey, Pat, well, I was just going to say, like, when something rude or something happens to me, like, um, I've usually forgotten about it by the next day. Like, I don't really carry that stuff around with me because some people are just stupid and rude. Um, 
<laughs> I know. I used your I don't give a f- mantra as the flintle at the end of the last episode. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will carry a grudge for centuries. Right. And yes. and, and the thing well. is that, you know, people being <laughs> stupid or rude or um, cursing you out or being like just really, really angry with you. I don't think that that really reflects on me at all. I think that that reflects on them. So, you know, I mean, Absolutely. I'm just going to yeah. let them Agreed. be that person that they are. And I'm going to control what I can control, which is me. So yeah. I 100% agree. Um, when it reaches that level where they are like yelling and screaming and acting out, it's a lot easier for me to just step back and disengage um, and, and just move on. When they are mm-hmm. sort of keeping that reasonable tone and and but saying crazy stuff, it's a little bit harder. I think it's just a, a, a finer. So way so this watch. week in Pat news, um, my my yeah. boss has actually been out for a little while with the coof. He's got the COVID, um, but he says that he's feeling well. And it's no worse than a bad cold. Um, And I honestly, you know, hope that he just does well and stays healthy and has a full recovery and does well. But um, according to him, it's no big deal. It's uh, really not been that bad. And I should point out, he is an older gentleman, um, but he's not immunosuppressed in any way like some of the vulnerable population is. Um, but you know, just hoping that he gets better soon and feels better. Yeah. I hope he gets better and everything too and everything, whatever. Um, but also what's the order of succession in your <laughs> job? Like how many people would need to die um, until your boss? I'm not sure if it's a I think that's team. all of them. I think that's everyone would need to die. So, <laughs> um, I think, I think that that would mean well, I would be looking for a new job. Is what that would mean. I would say I'm I'm glad that for him it has been little more than a rough cold. Uh, I can think of about 140,000 people who would very much be... Uh, right, I'm not diminishing the danger of it or anything. I'm just... That's that's what he reported. Right. No, no, no. I didn't come across that way. Like, I just don't want to make too... Uh, great. Good. I am very glad. Yeah, I think that's that's the right way to feel about it. Has it affected your job at all? No, Things not really. He, he, I, I barely see him face to face anymore. Anyway, and um, you know, especially since COVID, I just I don't see him at all. I don't see hardly anybody except for you know like um, check in desk in the morning or anything like that. So, <laughs> are they still packing your truck yes, really crappy? Especially so. I th- I think it's hard to find. Um, people that are working right now, I think the job market might be um, running running dry or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, uh, well, in Nathan World, I think I talked maybe last week. I can't remember when. Sarah and I have spent a lot of time on our garden this summer, and we did a bunch of stuff landscaping last year and everything, and so it's kind of... A continuation of what we started last year and it brings a lot of joy to her and 
her being joyful brings a lot of joy to me. So that's that's mm-hmm. good. Um, but yesterday, somebody was taking a walk in our yard, and we like to talk to like and joke to each other about like we clearly have the nicest garden on our street, hands down. And I think that's I I don't think that's me being overly braggadocious. I think. We certainly have the most color. We have the most variety in our yard. But somebody stopped that we don't know while she was outside yesterday and was was like, we always walk this way on our uh, evening walk because your garden makes us so happy. Aw. And nice. that was like, that like made Sarah's hell, head swell a little bit. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Well, but, so I was mowing the lawn yesterday because it needed it. And we have... An old, I have, so I have an electric lawnmower that sucks. I paid like $50 for it when it was on sale, and it is not good. <laughs> it also, the problem is, it also has a very uh, narrow base, which means I have to mow way more lines than most people do when they're mowing their lawn. So our friend Michael, who is like this old school, really handy guy, had found a lawnmower like somebody had put out in the trash basically and fixed it up for us and brought it over. And it's great, but it breaks down sometimes and we tell Michael about it and because he's handy, we don't expect him to do anything, but he comes over and he fixes stuff. So we're all outside while he's fixing this mower and I'm pointing at it and saying like roughly mechanical manly things so I feel like I'm involved in the process even though I'm not. (laughs) And... um. A person pulls into our driveway, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what they're doing there. And maybe they're just turning around or whatever. They pull out, uh, they pull in, and then they get out of their car. And there's this, this, like, middle-aged woman, and she starts walking up the driveway. And I'm, of course, helping in a manly way to fix the, the lawnmower. So I can't possibly walk away from my absolutely worthless stuff. And so Sarah goes down to meet this woman... And apparently she talks about how uh, she was driving by. She's driven by our house a few times and how our garden is so beautiful. And she saw that we were outside that she had to stop and tell us how much she loved it. And so now it's sad for me because Sarah's head literally exploded. Um, (laughs) And I'm so sorry. So she has this she has this. Yeah, she has this new friend who. lives a couple miles away from us but it's like as far as like working on a garden the the nicest version of a compliment happened to us in like two days in a row so nice so yeah cool. so sarah of course has bought a bunch more plants to put in our garden now ah. why wouldn't you <laughs> um speaking of putting plants in your garden we're talking about china today that's right this How's that for a transition? I got a transition. Hey, one other thing that's been happening in the United States this week is some pretty serious human rights violations in Portland, but that's also been happening on the other side of the Pacific, in China. That's true. So, uh, I mean, the general theme Ironically, Trump is committing one of those acts of human rights violations and condemning the other. Mm, I guess that is a a little slice of irony there. Moving on. We're Um, not domestic today. So, I mean, there there is a broad and varied ways in which China sucks, but we're going to try and stick to the main ones today. 
there are a lot of things that are going on, including, I don't know if you guys saw, there are a number of countries that are banning TikTok. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin's a, an avid user. I actually have a TikTok account. I follow Caitlin and I follow Planet Money. Okay, shout out that to Planet it. Money. Um, but the reason for that is because TikTok is literally Chinese Communist Party yeah. spyware and is spying on Americans and you know internationally others. India has outright banned TikTok. Um, a number of countries are working to ban TikTok. This this is something that's been happening over and over with Chinese government-run companies. There isn't the same sort of separation like there is in the United States between companies and the government. Basically, if you want to do business in China, your boss is the Chinese Communist Party. And so when, like, Huawei, the Chinese cell phone mega corporation, mm-hmm. um, is lobbying to uh, be included in 5G in in a country like Canada, um, all of the data that is going through Huawei networks is not not just vulnerable to Chinese spying, it's, it's literally a cable to sp- Chinese spying, which is just absurd. Yeah, my understanding is that a lot of that is is conspiratorial and I don't mean that in the dismissive sense but just in the sense that um it's um speculative I guess or that still sounds how about probably true hmm. is my understanding right. um Probably true, um, and pretty damn easy to believe for sure. Um, but I don't know. I what I have heard is specifically you. You mentioned the India banning TikTok. My understanding of that move was because India banned an entire um, list of like fifty-two, I think, or something Chinese apps. Um, and that it was really more of an economic sanction type move than a concern about spying. That may just have been like well, ostensibly what they said. So because they didn't have proof that it was you know spying, what? I don't know. Our podcast has this feature called a fact check. Yeah. And this might be an excellent chance for us to go ahead and slide some facts into our uh, listeners DMs. As the case may be. Right. So, so let, me, let me just read you a few headlines. Um, so this is from Forbes. Apple suddenly catches TikTok secretly spying on, oh, its, on millions of iPhones users. Um, mm-hmm. So that's from Forbes. Uh, the Independent has one called TikTok secretly loaded with Chinese surveillance software lawsuit claims. So that lawsuit claims is probably not a great way of um, verifying that. Yeah. But what I'll do is we don't have to do this live because it's awkward and bad audio. But I'll go ahead and slide in a bunch of things if it can and has been proven. Or if it hasn't. 
And welcome back to Fact Check. The answer is an unequivocal yes. TikTok does spy on its users. It seems specifically through a security loophole in iPhones that allows apps to monitor and read what they've copied to the clipboard using the copy and paste function. Copying over that credit card number, they've got it. Didn't want to have to retype that social security number, they've got it. Copying a sexy picture you took that time you rented the Popeye the Sailor Man costume, you bet they've got it, and they probably got the location you took it at, too. Reddit co-founder and CEO Steve Huffman called the TikTok app fundamentally parasitic and that it was truly terrifying. But he runs another social media company that kind of competes with TikTok, so take that how you will. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. Um, but that's fine. Either way, we I think there's a, a very long history of the Chinese government spying on its citizens, on the world. Right. This is a well-documented thing. And there's absolutely no reason to not believe that TikTok is spying on us. I, there's no reason to not believe it. Uh, uh, unless you are, right. like, such a committed skeptic <laughs> that you need However, to see all assume, of the dots connected. I just assume that we're being, like, surveilled all the time. I yeah. just oh, yeah. assume, as an American who uses the internet and a cell phone, that I have no privacy anymore. And whatever, like, Google, if you want to know my fetishes, I guess... yeah. Already done. <laughs> well, and and you know, I think this actually is an interesting topic for maybe another time to to talk more about it domestically because I think um, you know that's been I think a big part of the culture's changes that we've seen over the last ten twenty years is because of just the you you can find out anything about anybody you, you cannot hide stuff secrets don't last in this world anymore. And so see. you people have to behave better now or hurt. So so there are also claims mm. that um, TikTok is f- algorithm. TikTok's mm. algorithm is favoring uh, people for promoting Chinese propaganda. So there are people who have gotten boosts overnight to their accounts by singing uh, Chinese Communist Party propaganda songs and going overnight from like 1000 followers to 120,000 followers like in one day yeah, we should we should try that yeah <laughs> so maybe that would we be should, a good way to promote get, our I, channel <laughs> yeah yeah i don't care if they're all overseas that's fine with me <laughs> um, so so this is, you know, spying and surveillance. These are definitely um, breaches of, 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 of our sensibilities of, of privacy in the Western world. Um, there, I think these are things that could be at, at least to a certain extent, culturally allowable. Right. I mean, if, you, if, if, if your complaint is spying, I mean, there are plenty of governments that engage in like, spying. 
Yeah, and and maybe they do it more, right. maybe we do it more. I don't know. I don't really want to know. Don't fact check that. It's too depressing. But um, <laughs> I, what I'm kind of getting at is this is... This Hold is that thought. The... I've got another fun one for you. So uh, there are Chinese construction companies that are low-balling the construction bids on embassies in Africa. And this is a well-documented mm. case. In Ethiopia, the embassy was intercepting diplomatic cables and sending them to the Chinese government. So you build an embassy... A Chinese construction company has the lowest bid, and all of a sudden, your embassy is full of a bunch of hardware for spying against you. <laughs> Bugs in the walls, so to speak. Um, recording all right. of your very sensitive diplomatic cable uh, data. <laughs> I, was ta- I was telling Sarah what we were going to talk about tonight. They were talking about China, and she was like... Don't forget to say how badly they've um, messed over the people in Africa because we haven't done anything about it. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so apparently we're doing something in Af- they're doing something in Africa that's very bad that Sarah knows about if we ever have her back on the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> I would love to come back around to China another time because there's tons. I mean, I, you know, with the more research we do, the the more we could talk about. It. Obviously, that's true of anything, yeah. <laughs> but. But, yeah, the but more like, research we did, I wasn't like, you know what? They're misunderstood. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, that's the just, thing about like this episode. It spirals the, really bad. The rabbit hole goes so deep, and yeah. it's such a long history. It's like, where do you want to cut it off? Do you want to look at just the last 50 years, or do you want to look at the last you know, 4,000 years? But yeah. mostly right. what's relevant today is you know what what is still going on, what's, what's happening now. And well, I think what's fresh in people's minds is Hong Kong right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. So, uh, yeah, what's up? Well, what I was going to say is so there is a new law that's been enacted in the last month or so in Hong Kong, uh, which basically is as vague as possible to scare people into not uh, voicing any dissent against the Chinese government at all, or else risk being arrested. Right. What One of the dictates of this law is that um, people aren't allowed to carry um, signs around protests anymore. So people were holding up blank signs, signs with no writing on them. Yeah. Um, in protest. I think I mentioned that, like, like for half a second uh, during our last week's episode as well, and how much, how clever it is that you can't hold, you can't like say anything against government. So I'm not saying anything. Like it's that whole like I'm not touching you, I'm not yeah. touching you thing. Mm-hmm. Only with blank signs. <laughs> so it's very clever and I love right. It. And this this comes at the tail of it's it's been over a year now that um, people have been uh, protesting in the streets about. Originally, it was the extradition bill. Um, to extradite people from Hong Kong to mainland China. Um, and right. now this security law um, is way farther reaching than the extradition bill ever was. 
So if I can, because if I can step in real quick, because this will literally be the only point in the episode where I can give any level of expertise at all. Everything else is going to be me asking questions and saying, mm-hmm, yes, very good. So in 1997, uh, Britain technically, I think, was holding on to Hong Kong at that point and transferred Hong Kong back to China. But part of that agreement was that for 50 years, Hong Kong would have its um, both economic and political, uh, they, they'd be left alone. For 50 years. And so, I don't know if people are doing the math, but 1997 plus 50 is 2047. It is not 2020. Right. It's only been 23 years. Exactly. So, So Hong Kong is expecting this at some point in the future, but now is not that time. And so, they have been fighting for their freedom, but they thought they had another... 20 what 27 years so so here's the thing um with that i think it goes back or 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 the the it's not so much that in 1997 hong kong went back to china it's the fact that for uh, 150 years before that it had been under british influence for 100 years it was owned by the the British, they they leased it from China for a hundred years, but for about fifty years before that, it was occupied by the British, um, and so at that time, China was I forget what dynasty it was. I think Qing dynasty, but it was a dynasty still. It was still you know a, a, an imperial country. In the mid-1800s, and I know that's actually not that rare because a lot of those empire, imperial nation-states didn't die out until World War One. but um, then pretty much it moved almost straight from an imperial rule into communist China in, what was that, the 50s, I think, the 1950s? Um, and so... A whole shit ton of stuff was changing in very big ways on in mainland China, while on Hong Kong, it's free markets, it's British-style capitalism, which is generally considered, I think, more laissez-faire than ours. Um, it it there were uh, it, Hong Kong became a a worldwide economic hub on the level of London and New York. And then it had to get reabsorbed into communist China. And I think by that time, they were so far apart, they have developed this much more westernized culture from being under right. British rule, a liberal culture. And I mean that with like a capital L in the uh, classical liberalism, individualism, individual rights, individual property, etc. Very Lockean. Um, society, and that's the exact antithesis of mainland China. Right, so so there are a number of countries that gave special economic privilege to Hong Kong, um, you know, f- freedom from tariffs, uh, freedom from any kind of sanctions that are against mainland China, um, mm-hmm. 
and all of this international cooperation because Hong Kong was being treated independently. Now that this security law has been put into place, a lot of those a lot of those agreements are uh, coming to a close. Um, I can point to uh, a number of countries: uh, the UK, Australia, Canada, a number of uh, the US. A number of countries are yeah. ending their special treatment of Hong Kong and now saying, well, okay, we're just going to treat Hong Kong like the rest of China because now it is being controlled by Beijing again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the big problem with China, right, is that you get rid of everything else. The The main problem is that they have this big economic stick that they whack people with if they don't do exactly what they want them to do. You've seen it from... Like celebrities, like LeBron James got hit with it. Uh, Terry Crews got <laughs> hit with it. Now, there are a number of people who have like given positive Chinese messages because they know it will like kill them financially if they don't. And same thing with countries and all kinds of stuff. But China has a lot of money, <laughs> and that lets them do basically whatever they want in terms of human rights violations. Right. Th- this might be a bit of an old story at this point, but I did want to. Uh, point to pressure that's put on U.S. companies like the NBA, like Disney, like Apple, and others. Um, You see there are changes that are made in movies to appease the Chinese market. Right, and this is common among movies that open in mainland China because if you're a company that gets a movie opening in mainland China, you know you're going to make a crazy amount of money. And so you're willing to make whatever edits you need to to let them open up. Mm-hmm. I believe the Onward, the new Pixar movie, had like a very like a very tame version. I think one of the characters referred to their uh, spouse as she, and it was a female character, and that was cut out. You know, like little things like that. Anything that might give people the idea that other countries have human rights. Is taken out. Hmm. Fact check. Fact check. Fact check. And welcome back to Fact Check. Yeah, it's bad. I'm not going to cover everything, but I'll include some details in the doobly doo. Here are a few of the more extreme examples of Hollywood bowing to China's censorship in order to make money. Back in 2006, Mission Impossible 3, starring famous Scientologist and man who's divorced three different women when they turned 33, Tom Cruise. They had to cut a chunk of footage from its opening scene because censors thought that underwear hanging on clotheslines in Shanghai made China look bad. In Pirates of the Caribbean, at World's End, they had to cut about 10 minutes from the movie because Chow Yun-Fat's character was determined to somehow vilify the Chinese people. In Skyfall, a James Bond joint, references to prostitution in Macau and subtitle changes to mask Chinese police torture were required before a release date was secured. And possibly the most egregious example, after a Chinese resistance campaign linked Xi Jinping to images of Winnie the Pooh, Disney wasn't able to release the movie Christopher Robin at all. Oh, bother. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. 
we're, we we all come at this from our from 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 our worldview from from a you know a very Western. We all have American perspectives because we're Americans, and we have spent our entire lives in a certain type of culture. It's hard for us to look at what China is, what what China is, and understand how, what kind of things are are they really truly like crossing a universal line. And what things are they crossing a line for us as Westerners, but maybe is not actually a big deal to them? So, for example, when we talk about the spying, I think that even even we put up with that to a certain extent. We maybe bitch and moan about it quite a bit, at least some of us do. But, so I think, you know, there's sort of a, well, to what degree? I mean, are you, what is it used for? And things like, like, there's a discussion to be had there. But there's other certain things going on in China that I feel pretty confident saying are absolutely abhorrent, no matter what culture you're coming from or, you know, whatever your philosophy is. I'm I'm referring here to the rounding up of the Uyghurs. So it's been well documented and there are a lot of people that are coming out to talk about this. Um, Involuntary... Uh, essentially kidnapping off of the street, involuntary detention, uh, people not being charged with a crime and just held, and uh, this attempt to culturally transform children through daycare centers into uh, mainland Chinese propaganda-speaking communist citizens... Um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to stamp out an entire way of life. And uh, among that, some of the more horrific things that they're doing is they are uh, involuntarily taking people's organs for organ donation. So, uh, I mean, that's just one of the most horrific news stories that has ever come across my radar that's like dystopian future like sci-fi apocalypse level stuff right like that's on the level like imagine if you would for a second if say like the president sent in federal troops to a city to just round up random people protesting peacefully and take them to undisclosed locations I think as long as those officers are well identified and you can tell who they are. Oh no 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 no! From their uniforms, camo, no badges, uh, and and they don't. Well, then as long as as long as the vehicles that they're in are well labeled, so oh. that way people will know where where the people are being taken. Definitely, they are absolutely unmarked. So we're talking about China, though, not America. <laughs> I know it's actually hard to tell. The difference between the two right. right now, which is ironic for how much Trump bashes China, and I can't f-ing wrap my head around it. I'm gonna, my brain's gonna explode today uh, in this episode. Well, yeah, I love as like as Pat as you were talking, I was like, well, yeah, we we're doing that now. Well, we did that before. Well, we're still doing that. So yeah, it's, it does suck, but we also oh, get to talk out about it too. Yeah. Right. Well, people have drawn a lot of comparisons to the the United States treatment of Native Americans. Um, sure. When when you're looking yeah. at trying to erase a culture and indoctrinate children with propaganda to 
uh, you know, make them, in the case of the Native Americans, make them learn a new language to speak English instead of their native tongue. Um, On religion, too. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this cultural identity is being erased, and that is equally sad to the lives that are also being lost in the same process. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, there's the crime, and then there's the suppression of democracy to cover up the crime. Right. Well, I know France, in the last couple of days, has said they want to have inspectors be able to go into these areas with Uyghurs and see see what's going on. And how are we not out front, like, demanding that these people be able to go in and be able to check what's happening and make sure they're... Human rights violations. So, listen, I mean, Trump never is going to do the thing that a normal president would do. In his defense, he's not doing nothing about this. Um, he's not doing the, the usual thing. Um, he's doing a, a Trump thing. But he has implemented pretty aggressive, uh, or he's been engaging in an ongoing aggressive trade war with China uh, for pretty much since he took, took office. And, um, you know, I mean, listen, it has produced some results that are absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, did you know that the suicide rate among farmers went up last year? I think it doubled from the year before because farmers couldn't sell, I think, soybeans specifically – uh, basically rotted in the warehouses. They couldn't sell them to China, and so they lost their farms, and so they killed themselves. And that that's it. That's a Trump's feat. That's that, that's his deal. That is well. You can pretty much just toss them right on the big pile of bodies in his administration's wake. Back check. Back check. Back check. And welcome back to Fact Check. So this is more complicated than my tone may have indicated. Farmer suicides have been on the rise in the U.S. for years, and there are definitely plenty of articles out there about individual farmers who have committed suicide during and presumably because of the trade war with China. But for hard statistics, which is what we like around here, it'll take a while for the CDC to gather that information. As of 2016, there are about 2 million farms in the U.S., about 50% of which did less than $10,000 in sales a year. If you're making less than $10,000 a year on farming, you're not a farmer. You're an accountant or a paralegal or whatever who happens to grow some soybeans on the side. Small farms are getting gobbled up by huge corporations, and fewer farmers are making less money to run farms for mega corporations. So maybe we'll know just what kind of damage the trade war did on U.S. farmers, but probably not until the end of this year or even into next year. The latest numbers we have now are from 2018, and they weren't good. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. And I was so looking forward to having an episode where we did not mention Donald Trump. <laughs> That, you knew that wasn't going to happen. Gonna happen when you're you knew about it China. wasn't going to happen. <laughs> big, big Do sigh. Not bullshit, a bullshitter, my friend. 
You knew we were going to talk about. But, did you yeah. guys but know that the fine. U.S. U.S. Customs sees thirteen tons of human hair? When I originally was reporting that, I said oh. I said thirteen million pounds, which was incorrect. And you guys had a nice <laughs> laugh, but um, it's thirteen a lot. tons <laughs> of human hair that is suspected to have come from these detained Uyghur Muslims that was being shipped for sale in the U.S. as wigs. Mm. So, Jesus. if you're thinking like, oh, you know, there's nothing going on, there's there's probably not, you know, hundreds of, if not thousands and thousands of people being detained, um, there's 13 tons of hair, so, and that doesn't come from, you know, just a couple people. And here's the problem, because, like, the the next question is, what do we do with it? What do we do with this information now? Because I keep thinking about the Uyghurs, about World War II, before we got into it, when we are hearing about these rumors of stuff going on in Germany, but we didn't have the pictures yet. We didn't, we didn't have enough information. It was just rumors of this happening or that happening. And the problem is that we as a society have decided that, decided that the cheapest possible goods are what we want. We we want to buy things at the lowest possible price, which means that we are buying from China, which means that we are inherently supporting their human rights violations. Well, so, if, if you remember, there, our entry into World War II actually had nothing to do with any kind of humanitarian crisis. There, there is this weird interplay between... Um, international human rights law and our foreign policy that very rarely cross i would even say i'll i'll say i'll put that same exact argument that it was not humanitarian cause for world war one as well for vietnam and korea not that they really made much pretense of it for the civil war we did not enter into that for any humanitarian reasons sure Right. Uh, what yeah. I'm saying is Americans and, and my one of my all time favorite quotes. I need this one. I need this framed with well, it's a Winston Churchill quote, uh, something along the lines of uh, um, Americans can always be counted on to do the right thing after they have exhausted every other option. Right. right. That does sound, sound <laughs> like us. But I'm just saying in retrospect, like, how you argue with that in retrospect. Man. Anyway, with, so with the wisdom that we gained from all our previous mistakes, and now that we're hearing rumors of slaves being tortured in another country, the thing that you do to stop it is you don't buy Chinese goods. And we as a country have decided that's not an option for us because we love those right here teachers. Here's the uncomfortable truth. When you buy your iPhone, when you buy your Android, when you buy any kind of product that's from Walmart, when you buy most of the things that are sold on Amazon, a lot of that is going to support China. When, when you get your uh, you know, T-shirt from your favorite YouTuber's online store, that's probably made in China. There are so many products that are sourced from China now that it is nearly impossible to stage a widespread boycott without 
a lot of information going out to the public. Right. There, there are a couple of fun things. There are a couple of fun things. For example, there are a lot of there's a there's a law in certain parts of the United States that for you to put a made in America patch on a product, all you need to do is to attach that product in the United States, patch, attach that tag in the United States. So what a lot of times they'll do is they'll have shirts made in China shipped to a U.S. factory and then have the made in America tag attached there. So like even when you think you're doing the right thing, you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, a lot of American flags yeah. are made in China. All all the MAGA hats that you buy are, well, mm-hmm. I'm guessing probably not our fan base <laughs> are not buying MAGA hats. But <laughs> if you were to buy a MAGA hat, that's made in China. You know, like, you can't get away from it. Well, uh, one more way that they they circumvent that, the, the um, or that they hide where things are coming from, is uh, that they will supply materials uh or 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 pieces and parts for something that are then assembled in Germany and then sent uh to like for instance your iPhone if you have an iPhone or your cell phone um those parts are all sourced from dozens of different countries and they pass through dozens more uh in their assembly process so where your stuff comes from is a is is pretty much like playing 23 and me with your iPhone. Right, it's it's a varied supply chain. The other interesting thing about iPhones specifically is they are made mm-hmm. in a factory called Foxconn, which Trump was very excited when Foxconn factory was coming to the US, but the Foxconn factory overworks its employees to the point where they had to install suicide nets on their building because so many people were walking up to the roof and jumping off so that they could die so they didn't have to work anymore. And China's, uh, the Foxconn factory's response to that was not to make working conditions better, but to take away their ability to kill themselves by putting in nets so that way they'd catch people trying to kill themselves. iPhone. Yay, Apple. I, listen, you do not have to twist my arm to get me to talk shit about Apple. Right. And I'm sure like and I'm sure a lot of the stuff like I don't shop at Walmart. I don't I don't buy Apple products and stuff like that. Right. But I'm sure a ton of the products I do buy are also made from human suffering. There's there's a new uh, there's a new study that came out last week that says something like 60 percent of products that are made in the world are made from human suffering on some level. So think about that, like from what you eat to what you wear to where you live to what you sit in to whatever. 60% of that is made with human suffering. And so, so like as long as we can as long as we can go ahead and have our like ignorance about a product, that's fine. Cuz the thing is, I didn't I didn't investigate who made my phone before I bought it. I just knew I wanted a phone and I liked the one I found. I didn't Look into who made my. I'm wearing my March for Science shirt from 2017 right today, and I bought it because I hate Trump, and I went to <laughs> I went to a march against him, but I didn't check who made the shirt that I bought there. You know, like the, there are a lot yeah. of like it would be nearly impossible try and go to the store and not buy anything with high fructose corn syrup in it. It's like the same type of thing. It's just <laughs> so like 
so much a part of how we live now that what are you going to do? I I want to just insert a thought here um, that if not for the human rights problems and I understand completely that that is a big thing to take off the table, okay? And we can't actually take it off the table in real life. But in pretend life, in in podcast life, we can. Um, The economics of exporting manufacturing industry to um, poorer nations... Who are underdeveloped, have not, maybe not fully industrialized or not industrialized at all, um, benefits everyone. It um, it improves the quality of life by giving better paying jobs in those countries. It allows us in richer countries to spread the wealth around and make more products available to more people and, and, you know, affordable to more people. Um, in fact, it's a good thing, although less good, that, that those jobs, when we export them because they're cheaper over there, that they are cheaper over there because that, again, helps make products cheaper for people in the, in the other countries, right? The people who are going to spend the money. It also puts more money into those those nations it, it's literally injecting more money into those the the pockets of those people um there's a lot of economics and studies about this and i um i mean shoot paul krugman if you ever go read his book um 2008 and the, Re- the return of uh depression economics or something like that um phenomenal book and he talks very specifically about that phenomenon and why that is good for everybody and he is a, a well-known left-leaning economist. So um, what I'm getting at here is, you know, if we want to spread that wealth, if we want to work with nations that are trying to develop, and we don't need them to westernize in order to industrialize, those can be devoid of each other. But um, I think having that human rights stipulation in there... Before you go do that, before you before you export yeah. your industry to this country, make sure that those people, uh, that that government is kind of, I don't know, worthy? I, that sounds really awful. You, but, like, right. you can't no, be I treating think, your people like right. that and get our business, is how our right. government Absolutely. should be. Absolutely, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's... It, like our our goal has always been, and like we live in a Walmart society where the thing has to be as cheap as humanly possible. I don't care how you get it to me; you just need to get it to me at the lowest possible price point, and that well, is not great. Like I am all for people, but see, in it's not lower income countries. That's what. What are you gonna say? So you're that's sort you're sort of doing a straw man argument um because the lowest possible Ow. price no matter what it takes is not 
really is not really the attitude. And I understand that you're gonna balk and push back at that and, and say, well, yes, they absolutely don't care. Right. Shit. Well, it's, but it's Walmart's it's attitude not. and it's Chinese um, attitude. It's not entirely. It for sure is Walmart's attitude. <laughs> I like you're not gonna win that argument. Their attitude <laughs> is so. get the price as low as reasonably possible. No, not not at all. The Walmart has a long history of dictating to factories who can't make a price point, you have to get it down this low or we will not buy from you. And in fact, we will buy from your competitor. So they they have absolutely had factories get a price point down so low that they have to lower the wages of their workers to be able to get that price point down that low. So Walmart can eat a d- but I understand your point that like, Exporting, I'm exporting not defending Walmart. Can ultimately be a good thing. I'm not right. defending and Walmart. I am just shitting. I'm just saying that you're setting right. up and the I'm, very, the most extreme version of that of that mindset. Absolutely, that's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, but what I'm saying is the most extreme version of that mindset is the most popular company in our country. Is the is the most profitable con- company in our country. So that is an example of how American consumers buy products. I want to pivot real quick to safety of the products that are coming out of China. Um, So until recently, there has been a treaty that said that um, products that are sourced in China, food and drug products, are not regularly inspected by the FDA, which is a huge, huge problem. Um, I want to look back to 2008, and I'm sorry if this is a very personal issue, but um, heparin. There's a drug called heparin that in 2008, there was a, a, a tainting of this product that killed 81 people in the United States, it's a product that was sourced from China that was not being overseen by the FDA. It's it's made with pig intestines, and it's a blood thinner, uh, specifically people who are on dialysis for diabetes and similar uh, diseases get it, and one of those 81 people was my dad. Um, my mom ended up speaking in front of congress about it and i think i might do a mini episode with my mom and my sister because at the time i wasn't living with them um they were doing the the brunt of the work to make sure that my dad was being taken care of and stuff and i i would drive into town and i had moved uh much closer than i had been but yeah that that hit hits home a lot but having said that even with that awful thing that has happened to my family, I still buy Chinese products. I didn't blame the country itself. But, man, would it be nice if we had regulatory rules that stop that from happening. And as far as I know, they still have not been put in place as of today. So, I'm not saying do... Gosh, first of all, thank you for sharing that and... Yeah, I am. I am so sorry about that. That yeah. is that is really awful. I 
I mean, it's one of those things where it's always going to suck, but it's also been 12 years, so it's mm-hmm. like a dull ache instead of a sting, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, I'm not in the... I'm not in the place of my grieving where I'm still like reaching over to the phone to pick up, pick it up to call my dad for advice anymore. Sure. You know, like it's it's been long enough where I have some, I I have some sort of scale about the thing. I have um, I've been able to I, not certainly not get over it, but put it in context, I guess. Right, come to terms with it, maybe. I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> Although I'm still yeah. pretty pissed. Well, so but so honestly, I'm more the, I'm more pissed with the with the drug company than I am with the people who source well, it. Okay, that's fair. Like the American drug company that administered it. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I was what I was going to kind of say is that that the, the thing the thing with 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 China is the company and the country are not as separate as they are here we don't they're not understood in the same way that we understand companies right the the company's boss is always the chinese communist party right right which means if the company did it the country did it or the government anyway i mean obviously there's how many millions probably billions of people in china um so. Or specifically, if they were negligent, they were allowed to be negligent. Right. Right. But there's there's plenty of blame to assign to the Chinese government for that, is what I'm kind of getting at. We still have we still have Chinese wet markets. We still have no regulatory bodies that deal with how these things are manufactured before they're shipped out. So I think there's there's plenty of ways to blame China for that directly as well. They've done nothing themselves. And I think, you know, we're, we sort of see that ha- sort of style of government governance happening with our Republican Party. When, when, the, when the party is more focused on just retaining power than on governing, this is the kind of results you get. So real quick, I want to get into our Beijing beef lightning round. China internationally has been getting in a lot of countries' grills with their beef. So I wanted to mention Canada, the Chinese ambassador to Canada, Kong Pei Wu said, get ready for retaliation in response to the Canadian government condemning the actions of China over the extradition bill in Hong Kong. There are two Canadian citizens that have been held for spying, it's been almost two years now, and their names are Pavor and Korvig, and it took the Chinese government 18 months to issue any charges while they, they had held these two Canadian nationals. And the date of those charges being released is very suspicious because it coincides with the CEO of Huawei, whose name is Meng, um, was held for extradition from Canada to the U.S. And th- that was the same date that they uh, released the charges that were being held against Pavor and Korvig. So there's this retaliation going on between Canada and China that's been escalating and has resulted in 
essentially the kidnapping of Canadian citizens. Um, one is a businessman, and the other one is a diplomat, and uh, they were both accused of spying. Um, Australia's uh, beef exports to China have been banned after the Australian government called for a Chinese investigation into wait so literal 2019 beef? coronavirus. <laughs> um, and then that brings us to our border dispute with India that left at least 50 soldiers dead. Yeah, that's a well so China and Indi- India have a long history. Well, China and all of its neighbors have a long history of of tension. But India especially there's they ha- they go back I mean millennia. Right. Right, but specifically um this week China has claimed all of uh this valley that it oh, borders yeah. India Galwan Valley. So little by little, these tents have been moving up. Chinese army has been moving into India slowly, piece by piece. Yeah, they, and, they do this, like, they call it a meat slicer method, where they, right. they just kind of move just, a, like, I don't know, 100, 100 yards, 500 yards, and just take a little bit at a time, kind of, eat, like... Uh, maybe I'm, I'm you can't even see me because my video's off I'm doing a hand motion of like <laughs> <laughs> um, I would I would argue we are working in an audio medium yeah. right now anyway so no that's fair <laughs> even if the two of us saw it it wouldn't really help the audience um, so much think of like a meat slicer carving just a thin slice of meat off uh, of the end at a time kind of moving in a lateral fashion Pat, didn't you use a different term for it last week? I feel salami, like you... salami slicing, same okay. thing. Um, but oh, now, now the ch- now the Chinese government has claimed this entire Galwan Valley uh, belongs to China. So <laughs> sure. no backing down from the tensions there with India, and th- this border clash. We talked about it last week, but um, it's very interesting to me because. Um, no shots fired, 50 soldiers dead, um, 20 Indian soldiers, and at least 35 Chinese soldiers. Um, and most of the deaths from uh, clubbing with bats, uh, stabbings with knives, and from falling off of jagged terrain. Um, no guns involved in this border skirmish, interestingly. Definitely weird. Um... Wow. Wow. Here's the but thing. You, you, you wonder you when that's going to escalate to that point. Well, you just you I think you just kind of said it. China doesn't back down. They they're not gonna back down. Um, they're not gonna back down with India. They're not gonna back down with Canada, Australia, the U.S., Britain, um, with their own citizens. Right, and they have a history of they push and push and push. Until they're pushed back against, but they're never going to retreat. They're going to take that that extra yardage they've gotten, and then wait, and then push and push and push some more. And then real real and quick, so, the last piece of the lightning round is um, China has also claimed that the entire South China Sea belongs oh, yeah. to them. Yeah, which, um, was it Mike Pompeo had something to say about? I mean, I, I think it was Mike Pompeo. The U.S. had took a took an issue with that and... and 
the Navy, the U.S. Navy in, in there. Two aircraft to, carriers. Yeah, there you go. Two aircraft carriers to say, bring it. And and that was just earlier this month. Well, and it always seems like they... That I don't know how you determine what international waters are from a normal standpoint. I know you can do it from a satellite, for example. Mm-hmm. But China always claims that they're in their own territory when they're in international waters and claims that others have violated their territory when they are, in fact, in international waters. Right. And it's just crazy. Like, I, I, I don't know how you would, like, prove something like that other than unless you had keyhole satellite pictures of where you were at that exact moment. Mini fact check. You do it with GPS, you dingus. It's on your phone right now. Mini fact check. Right, so if we can distill the entire thought of this episode into one sentence, I think it would be that the Chinese government is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> end of episode, I think. Yeah, put a, put a wrap on that one. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, China's um, very bad and getting worse. Right. Why? Getting worse again. I know we didn't want to talk about this, and I know I mentioned it for a second last week, but the other problem is one of the only other world powers that has ever been able to keep the Chinese government in check is the United States. And right now it's not doing that and has no intention of doing that. Hmm. I mean, at least not until, what, uh, December, January? When do, when's the inauguration? Crossing my fingers, January 20th. We'll see what happens. Holy shit, man. Well, I think, I think there's a big question of, like, what would you like to do? There are economic sanctions that could be done. Those have been done. Trump's doing that. Like, he's doing it in a shitty way, but... No, Trump is hurting Americans. Yeah. He's not like he hasn't cost the Chinese government a dollar. He thinks he's doing that. How about... <laughs> um, right, yes. Well, I don't know that he thinks he's doing that. I think he's intentionally misleading others to think that he's doing that. I give him too much credit. He's adult. We've uh, taxed China on three hundred billion dollars worth of goods and products being sold into our country and. China eats it because they have to pay it because what they do is they devalue their currency and they push money out. Uh, Our people haven't paid. As you know, we're also charging them 25 percent on $250 billion. So we're taking in many billions of dollars. There's been absolutely no inflation. And frankly, it hasn't cost our consumer anything. It costs China. So, you know, that's that's something that that's a, a Economic sanctions of many, there's a wide variety of economic sanctions that could be applied. That's something, a tool that has been used in the last 50 years pretty widely and I would say has really helped minimize armed conflict. Um, Mm. There is still tons and tons of armed conflict in the world, but it's a a lot, you know, think back to Korea and Vietnam, right? Um, It's better than that. And I, I think that's kind of what 
I would like to somehow see this be resolved that way, you know, um, peacefully, not necessarily democratically in the sense that I don't really need other countries to be democracies. I I think they should be, but that's my, you know, bias or whatever. Um, But what I mean uh, is... Let's get uh, China on that socialism Diplomatically, there's the word I'm looking for. I would like to see it resolved diplomatically because otherwise it's going to be resolved blowy upily. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I, I just don't think that's, I don't think that's an option. I think it has to be done, done diplomatically and economically. Yeah, the, the world doesn't exist anymore if we get into a nuclear fight with China. Like, not, not in the way it does right now. Like, if you're a fan of the movie Mad Max, for example, I have some good news for you. So, uh, I mean... I hear you say that, and I am right there with you. That I oh, that it would be it would be devastating. It would probably be probably I could see how, but it would probably be one of the most like destructive wars in history, and that is a high bar to to meet. So I agree, I agree, but these are things that have been tried before. I I do want to work. see I do want to see diplomacy succeed. I do want to see economic sanctions succeed, but this this is something that is not going away. This is a very difficult, almost intractable problem mm-hmm. and we need to get creative with our solutions because <laughs> This, I mean, th- this is a, you're talking about a schoolyard bully. You're talking about somebody who has learned that when they push and push and push, they eventually get what they want and everybody else backs down. And in, in my personal experience, the only way to, to approach a bully is to pop them in the nose. But the problem is... That in this scenario, that leads to World War Three, and right. you know I think it's sort of it's like a much bigger scale, but it's this it's a, the same um, it's the same internal conflict that we've been discussing for the last few months regarding the protests and the violence of the protests. They've been protesting for years and years and years and years and years peacefully, and here we still are, and so you know there's a we, t- me at least, and I think Nathan was at least on board. Like I talk myself into absolutely, like yeah, you know what? Burn that god precinct down because they won't listen if you don't. And I think yep. kind of there's the same problem with China, whether or not mm-hmm. you agree with it with the Black Lives Matter thing, whatever. Like I think that's also what what we see here is China, and and David said it when he was on the other week. He said, like, the reason China's doing this shit is because they can. No one's going to stop them. Who right. is... What, right. is Trump going to stop them? No. Is 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 Boris Johnson going to stop them? Is... I mean, maybe Angela Merkel? She's a bad Um Justin Trudeau has a nice a- uh, Who? <laughs> who? Well, Canada has been... <laughs> Canada, Canada has been taking some very uh, aggressive fighting words with China. So here's a thought. You know, uh, <laughs> a lot of people won't agree with me on this. 
Uh, but open borders for Chinese citizens, not just for the U.S., but for a number of countries around the world. If you don't want to live there anymore, come on in. We'll, we'll be happy to take you. We're going to go ahead and give you the what you need to be able to take care of yourself. And then if China wants to change its tune, go on back. That's fine. But one thing you can do is take their citizens. One thing you can do is give their citizens another way of looking at how a government should act. So I wanted to point out, and it didn't it didn't come up during the episode, but the the control of information in China is is so tight. It's starting to crack a little bit with the mm-hmm. advent of the internet, but the Chinese internet is still very heavily censored. But there mm-hmm. there are people millions and millions of people today who live in China who do not know about uh, the Tiananmen Square massacre, who do not know about uh, China's human rights history, who do not know about the detention of Uyghur Muslims and Falun Gong. This is something that when uh, Chinese citizens travel abroad, they're often shocked to find out about these things because the information is being so tightly controlled. Sure. So any, oh. any kind of propaganda war that you're hoping to fight, in in some ways it's already lost. Yeah. There there is no war in Ba Sing Se. Right. Mini fact check. For those of you who are curious, that was an avatar reference, although it was a very good and relevant one. Andy's just a nerd. Fact check. Well, let me tell you what I'm excited about. I'm excited about a little technology called Starlink. And this is what uh, S- SpaceX is working on. It's a Ooh. series of global satellites. Do we have a new sponsor? That will... <laughs> yeah. Elon! Uh, thank you. Thank you, Elon Musk. Uh, and your dank, dank company, <sighs> SpaceX. Or old... We got to do an musky, as I like to call him. We've got to do an episode on Elon sometime. But anyway, go on. But here's the thing: what what Starlink will do is it's going to set up a series of mini satellites around the globe that will provide global Wi-Fi wherever. Part of the problem now is you need a, I think it's about a pizza box sized antenna to be able to connect to this satellite. So it's certainly not perfect yet. But basically, anywhere in the world, doesn't matter where you are, uh, North Korea, China, name another place where people can't get, like, un- Sub-Saharan like, Africa. Un- there you go. Anyway, anywhere in the globe, you can get high-speed internet, and all you need is one of these moderately priced pizza box uh, sized uh, satellite dishes. And the service is free? And no, well, it won't be, but you'll, it'll be like moderately priced. They they haven't come out with a number yet, but I mean, no more than what you'd pay for your high speed internet now, maybe less. And the idea is they want to launch this service both as a way of getting uncensored information out to anyone anywhere on the globe. It also takes care of anyone who lives in a dark spot right now where they can't get high speed internet done you it'll it'll be fixed immediately cuz it's going to go everywhere and it will go ahead and it will take care of anyone who lives in a country where their government doesn't want them to have 
access to certain things. Question. Will it spy on us? Mm-hmm. Yes. The answer I mean, is yes. Don't bother pretending it will be otherwise. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you guys, but we, we actually have lost our sponsorship with Huawei. Uh, oh, no! They, yeah, they just man. dropped us. At least we still have Amazon. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, like, the these things that the Chinese government is trying to do, and there, there are parts of the world where, like, USB drives are dropped into North Korea sometimes, but the problem with North Korea specifically is they don't allow you access to the hardware that you'd need, like computers or cell phones that you'd need to be able to access the data in the first place. And so there are definitely problems, but having access to a network anywhere in the world that you could go ahead and look at and get the information from would probably be a good first step. I honestly, like, I think normally on on many of our episodes, when we get to the solutions part, I have some. I have like ideas and stuff that I, I think. Oh well, this, this, and this should take care of it. N- lickety split, right? And Nathan is the one who is like, "Let's get people together and let them figure it out." Because I don't know. And I think this time we're gonna have to flip flop because this. Uh, so foreign policy and stuff is not really my forte i don't know that much about it and what kind of tools are super available and and i also i don't i i can't really think too creatively about this sort of thing at least not i haven't yet so my thing is just we have to avoid war that is whatever that i mean whatever that takes they have to stop their bullshit and we cannot have world war three because we will all die or or worse wish we did and we need to build up an international coalition again like we can't stand up to china we can't stand up to russia because we don't have any international friends anymore because we spit (laughs) in everybody's face Yeah, that is a fact here's here's my solution we're gonna start sending all of the tainted products from china we're gonna start sending them back Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> here's what we could do start paying our workers 14 cents an hour and then we supply all the products that china needs bada boom bada bing. whoa 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 that's that's some big brain <laughs> thinking right there. um yep. yeah i think honestly I, per, I as far as i can tell the best possible path to getting china under control is for the United States and all these other countries that have started taking these crazy turns towards fascism, get their together, get out of the fascism track, and as Nathan said, band together and put put their foot down. Um, But right. you have to have everybody on the same page, and we couldn't be further from that right now, thanks to DT. Always back to Trump. Well, did you guys... I mean, guys and see, others... Um, Trump and friends. Do you guys see this tainted product that came out from China today? Is these t-shirts that say precious moments on the front. Precious moments. Ooh, I want one. Ah, uh, got them. Actually, I'll take two, but I'll start with just one. <laughs> um, so my my first um, precious moment has to do with another um, another crazy, crazy conspiracy person. This one out in California. This lady 
went into a Verizon store, refused to wear a mask. So they asked her, and she was with a couple other people, family members maybe, a couple, I think two men and one and the one woman. They wouldn't wear a mask, so Verizon was trying to kick them out, but they refused to leave. So Verizon called the police to remove these people who were not, you know. And while on the phone with the police, this woman drops trow and pees on the Verizon floor. <laughs> oh, man. I, I saw I saw that you linked that earlier, and man, that yeah. is my favorite story. So, anti-masker peas in Verizon store. <laughs> That's my first precious moment. I'm gonna let I'm gonna I'm gonna save the other one for last, though. Oh my goodness! Oh, so you get to bookend? You just get to dictate yes. how we're gonna do precious moments now? I I, mean, I, I couch I I take wait dictate. Get out of here! Go away. <laughs> Move on. So, uh, I think I have one. Pat and I were kind of talking about before things got started, like that we didn't, neither of us really had one. But I will say, I know I like to shit on the Trump administration, <laughs> but I think they did something great this week. So, for all our uh, LGBTQ uh, supporters out there, especially our trans supporters, I know sometimes it's hard to be seen. And the Trump administration released a memo on how to identify a transgender woman. So that's that's pretty great. I think it is specifically came from HUD, from uh, Housing and Urban Development, mm-hmm. uh, because what they've decided is they've decided to roll back protections for LGBTQ, uh, especially uh, trans people uh, in public housing. They want to roll back protections for them. And... Uh, not only do they want to roll back protections, they want to make it easier for people to identify trans people so it's easier for them to go ahead and... Discriminate. Make it harder for them. Yeah, discriminate against them. <laughs> uh, the Trump administration really taking interest in the trans community um, yeah. is excellent and really good. And I guess I was wrong about him being a huge racist and homophobe because clearly he's great. Look, I'm I'm the last one to to stump the uh, yard, you know, stump <laughs> the um, to ring ring the Nazi bell. But I'm I'm getting very strong like Star of David, uh, Crystal Knight vibes from yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, they they gave actual literal instructions on how to identify a trans woman, like that. Just what I mean, that is literally. As walking right up to the line and stopping there, no, it's over. And the, pointing at the yeah, line, yeah, it's over going, the line. It's it's, it's well, no, because what it is I'm is sorry. what it is is it's pointing at the line and saying, "Hey, you guys should cross that line for me." Yeah, I I'm sorry. I have done exactly the opposite with precious moments that we are supposed to do. Um, I'm sure. Uh, let's see Pat? that. Well, so so Justin, this week, um, Palace's cats are still cute. <laughs> That's true. There are there are sixteen <laughs> that were born in a litter to the Cincinnati Zoo, and they have blue eyes. Um, normally, Palace's cats have this um, like yellow greenish eye hue, um, but these kittens have a, a bright blue eyes, and um, they're. Frickin' adorable. Well, uh, first of all, I was the one who sent you that article, and you're welcome. 
But secondly, it's definitely not Cincinnati. It is Novosibirsk Zoo in Siberia. It's not? Oh. Wow. That's way off. It is, it is the <laughs> Novosibirsk. Yeah, but that's... N-O-V-O-S-I-B-I-R-S-K. But that's in Cincinnati County, right? Novosibirsk. Yes, Cincinnati County, Siberia. Yes. So, but yes, they do look... They, Absolutely they're human precious. eyes that stare straight into your soul and like give you nightmares are definitely way less nightmarish when they're cute little kittens. And they're all sort of like bunched together and there's a bunch of them and it's great. Yeah, uh, yeah they be... kind of have like a White Walker vibe going. <laughs> oh man, they're, they'll all be horrifying when they grow up to be full full grown. But for now, pretty cute. I think they'll still be pretty cute when they're full grown. Agree to disagree. But I want a pet bear, so. Agree to agree that you're wrong. Uh, no. I'm just sad now because Novosibirsk in Siberia is a lot farther than Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. Pat. That's that's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot harder for me to visit yeah. there. Uh, Andy, you said you had another one. I do. I do. I heard this this story, and so my week and. My month and my year have all been kind of filled with negative negativity, right? It's just been a really crap year, I think, for a lot of us. And I heard this little story on... I don't know. It's pretty good. I've been having a good well, 2020. That's because you get to just hang out at home. I have to still have to work, but nah, I am endangered yeah, every no, day. It's, it's very anyway, bad. so it's very bad. I heard this story, and I kind of wanted to just relay it. So there's there's this company... Uh, and I don't remember the name of it, but, you know, do a little Googling, listeners, if you want, if you're interested. It's it's fascinating. Um, I heard about this company that um, essentially they, they kind of co- they coordinate these excursions uh, where people will go to the site of a lynching from, you know, either 40 years ago or a year ago or 100 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and they'll they'll get gather some of the dirt from that site and put it in a jar and take it back to this this collection this like a museum essentially. Um, I don't. Uh, so so this lady usually they do it as a group, but because of COVID nineteen and everything, they they've been doing it individually. They send people out, so you get your jar and you go to the site. So this lady this. Older um, African-American lady, black lady, she signs up for this program. She still wants to do it after COVID hit, so she goes out by herself. Uh, her, her Whoever she was going to go with couldn't. She goes by herself, and she goes to this site, and it's in, like, the rural south. She's at this tree off the side of a road, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And there's nobody really around. So she goes over to the site, and she starts kind of... Um, getting some dirt. She has a sheet of paper with information about that lynching and what happened there and, and, and what, you know, who it was and why and all of this stuff. So far, this is a real feel good story. I'm well, so she's, it. she's putting some dirt in the jar and there's this truck that drives by big truck and there's a white guy driving the truck and he's sort of like looks at her as he's driving by. He, he stops, turns around, comes back, parks, gets out and walks over to her and she's kind of freaking the f*** out, obviously, because she, I mean, 
Seems reasonable. Yeah, I don't think I have to say why. Okay, so... Because she's a black lady who's breathing and in the United States, so she's... Specifically the rural south, and yeah. no one there to protect her from this white man. Yes, exactly. And so he, he walks up and he says, what are you doing? As he was walking up, apparently, you know, her, in, in her mind, she's thinking like, oh, what am I going to say? Am I going to tell him the truth or am I going to make up a story or whatever? And she decides to tell him the truth. I, I'm here because um, I'm collecting some dirt from this site. This is the site where a, a, a black man was lynched, blah, blah, blah. And he looks at her and he looks at this, the paper that she's holding. And he says, is that about the lynching? And she says, yes. He says, can I read it? She says, yes. So he reads it while she's scooping more dirt. And she goes back to, to getting, scooping dirt into the jar. Apparently it's a really big jar. And he reads it. And when he's done, he asks her, can, would you mind if I help? She says, yeah, absolutely. So he gets down on his hands and knees with her, and, and she offers uh, her digging tool that she had brought to him, and he says, no, 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 you use it, I'm going to use my hands. Okay. And, uh, and they start digging up and scooping some dirt and putting it into the jar together. And she has kind of this moment where she's, like, overwhelmed with with, you know, gratitude and joy that this this situation could easily have gone absolutely the other way you know she says some some kind words to him or whatever and and at some point she notices that he's crying he's crying tears pouring down his face and she asks why and he says well i just i can't help but think i'm afraid i'm afraid because I can't help but think that my grandfather might have been one of the people that lynched that poor man. And they just, like, break down. They're just sobbing together and have this beautiful, like, bonding moment over that, like, that that shared uh, pain. And... She takes him back, and they. She insists. She 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 insists on him going with her to deposit the jar of dirt at that memorial site. Apparently, they have stayed in touch. Um, but I I just heard this story on a, a, a recently. I forget where now. Um, and you know that's like that's where that's how societies kind of move forward. Is people like that. Who who? I, I just I just really loved that story, and I, I kind of wanted to share it. That's that's exactly what I was thinking when you're telling that story. Like this is how you generationally combat racism. Like old white racist people need to die, and then their less racist offspring need to need to be ashamed. Right. I think that um, you know how we approach our relationships needs to reflect the the social realities where black people are not treated as equals. They're not equally represented in, in, um, in government, in economics, in, in our country in general, uh, they're not treated actually equally. And, um, in order to get like you, you, ha me as a white person, 
I have to reckon with and acknowledge that I'm in a position of greater power socially in this country um, and not try to treat... I don't... You know what? No, 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 no. Because I, I think we have... So what you're saying makes a lot of sense, Andy, because I think we do have a responsibility. Like, we, all three of us, have white privilege. Like, like it or not, we've got patriarchal white privilege on our side, and we can weaponize it to help people in our country. Yeah. And I, like, I always think that when when I stand up to a friend who says some racist shit, or I, like, talk to somebody on Facebook, or I just do, like, anything that a normal decent human being would do it's not solely for the benefit of people of color in this country it's for everybody like every time we make this country less homophobic less racist more open to everybody we make the country better it's better for me it's better for you it's better for my kids it's better for everybody and so it's not a matter of us like doing a favor to somebody uh, like a a person of color or all people of color. It's a matter of making this country anti-racist is beneficial for the country itself and for us as white people and for everybody else. And I think I I absolutely take that point. I I think that absolutely makes sense. Can we, can we cut up the worst version of that? Because I would really like to. Hear that too. <laughs> no, <laughs> we. I do think. I do think it is one thing. We we tried to get that point across a couple of times before we got to something that uh, I think made sense for uh, popular consumption. But I think it's true. Like I. I don't know. Like I was telling somebody the other day that like I think the biggest tool that I've always had in my uh, anti-homophobia, anti-racism uh, toolbox is that I've always had. Uh, terrible self-esteem and always thought my I was a piece of shit, so I always thought that I was wrong in every situation anyway. So if you always think you're wrong, then you're good to go whenever anybody else is being thought of as lesser yes. than. Like, because it's easy for you to step in and be like, nope. So I think it made me... I, I've, I have pretty good self-esteem now, but it's very much a, like, fake it till you make it situation where... I was pretending I had good self-esteem until I actually did. And I still struggle with stuff now. I think a lot of us do, but I don't know. I I think I'm I'm perfectly comfortable talking about uh, like issues of race and just acknowledging the fact that we as white people have additional stuff that makes it easier. It doesn't mean that our lives are easy. It means that we don't like one of the things that makes our lives hard is not the color of our yeah. skin. Yeah, that's that's not so, a factor that we have to deal with ever. Exactly, yeah. and it's a big factor yeah, it is. <laughs> that a lot of white people I do not think about. So, at any rate, um, listeners, folks, before we go, um, I just want to take a minute to. <laughs> solicit a little bit of, so look listeners folks if guys y'all whatever you call yourselves yins no don't do that don't do that I don't always like, get out of pits I like I like y'all uh, I think y'all is one of the yeah. greatest things that uh, the US has contributed to international <laughs> language 
because it is the most like inclusive welcoming term ever. So why don't we all stick right, cool. with y'all? I like that, and it has an apostrophe. Hey, y'all, sorcerers. Um, nice. If you like this show, and I'm going to assume that you do if you just sat through two hours of our bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, if you lasted at this point in the podcast. I'm assuming you that do. you at least can tolerate us. Um, and if you find us tolerable, other people might too. So... Share us around, <laughs> nice. recommend us to a friend or family member, um, pop on iTunes and give us a rating and a review, follow us. Yeah, like specifically the the things that you can do that will help us the most right now, if you are so inclined, are two things. First of all, pop on iTunes and give us a review, um, as Andy just mentioned. I'd also like to start a new segment today, if we can. There is, we have gotten so far exactly one review on iTunes, and I think it's great. It was left on April 9th, 2020. It says, five stars, great show, very deep, light conversation, or light, deep conversation, great to put on during a commute. (laughs) So, if you leave us an iTunes review... There is an excellent chance, especially now, yeah. early in our highly illustrious career, you uh, that you will make it to the yeah. podcast. But the other thing that you could do is tell a friend. That is the mm-hmm. best thing you could do. Tell a friend, hey, I heard this episode. I think you'd be into it. You may have to split it into two because these guys talk for way too long well, every we, week. But We do mansplain a lot, yeah. Well, I think that was one of the <laughs> one of the names that I threw out as a potential name for the podcast when we were getting so. started. Yeah, was mansplaining the podcast. Mansplaining. <laughs> uh, that would. I'm super excited name. that we have one fan. I'm I'm very excited well, that we have. Well, I should fan. say we we have two five star ratings, but only one person who has written something yeah. along with that. So I would highly suggest. Oh man, you're telling me we have two? Holy so, crap! Um. We currently have my mind a perfect five-star rating on iTunes. We, well, we are perfect. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, for some, of, for some of our listeners, you may, who are maybe more financially stable, if you really, really want... Um, to help out the show, you could talk about we could you could talk to us about our Patreon account. You could talk to us about um, helping us get Nathan a better computer for editing with. <laughs> um, you know, financial support is always appreciated. Um, but honestly, I we really really want the feedback. We want to hear your reviews on iTunes. We want to hear uh, your your feedback about the show on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, and we want, you know, lots of attention from your friends and family. Right. So here's, here's what I'm going to do. Nathan has, Nathan has been actually editing with a cardboard box with two (laughs) rats. I will say, I I am editing, I am uh, editing on a computer that I bought from a police auction. So for whatever that's worth, this was definitely owned uh, I'm fingers crossed by a drug dealer because I don't want to think about the other things that this might have been <laughs> confiscated for. So, but it's fine. What I will say is 
I'm going to go ahead and start putting all... You wiped the hard drive, right? I, I believe uh, they, the police They wipe did. it for you before... This actually did not come with a hard drive. I had to supply that myself. <laughs> what I'm going to say is uh, it would be very helpful if you did anything. I almost... We, we'd love the money, and there's going to be a point where we're really going to love the money. But honestly, at this point, the, the best thing you do is I will take more listeners over money any day of the week. And so if you just expose us to your friends... That's not what I meant. Um, if you could just go <laughs> expose ahead, yourself to the friends, right, whatever. That's that's. <laughs> we've got a Patreon, and that would be my only fan site that you can go ahead and use to expose ourselves to the fans. <laughs> Nathan, no, that's you sorry. Can... That's that's another kind of joke. Can you? I, um... I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you, Nathan. I I have some bad news about that computer. Uh, was it Jeffrey Epstein's computer? Uh, somebody like him for sure. But we love you all. Your sorcerers. I have to end this episode because it is killing me. Please, we have a Reddit. We have two Facebook groups. We have one for discussion. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook discussion group. And what I'm going to do from now on is in every doobly-doo after the episode, I'm going to put in all our links for all our various social media. Uh, Pat runs our Twitter. Andy runs our Facebook and I run our basically non-existent Reddit until like people actually start <laughs> start getting involved with it. Nathan's in charge of editing and redditing. Yep, but I'll uh, put links to all of those in the doobly doo. And uh, most importantly, I need to come up with a catchphrase. Hopefully, though, we give you guys something to think about this week. All right, love you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Wait, is that a Bare Naked Ladies, Chickadee China Chinese Chicken song racist? Probably. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, it's, it's, it's a child porn computer for sure. Yeah, no, we, no, we, nope, it could be anything. Maybe, maybe they had too many parking tickets and this was in the back seat. All right, but let me let me hit this vape because I've been feeding <laughs> sure. it for an hour. Um, while you're hitting that, and vape, there's our flintel. While while you're hitting that vape, Pat, and while you're blowing those fat clouds, Pat, I think that the word is pronounced extradition, not extradition. Well, extradition. Just take me saying it right now and really <laughs> awkwardly cut it, it over it. when I when I said it before, and also take Nova Sibirsk. And cut it over me saying Cincinnati. <laughs> At the Nova Stroberks. But do it but do it terribly so it's obvious that it was a cut. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll do all of that.